Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Why do we feel the need to drive them everywhere instead of walking or biking. Now, Bruce Appleyard is the Associate Professor of City Planning and Urban Design at San Diego State University and has researched this topic thoroughly. Dr. Appleyard, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Now, according to some of the research I was looking into uh, before doing this interview, you said 71% of parents walked or biked to school while only 18% actually let their kids do the same. So I asked the question... Why that discrepancy? We have to kind of go back a little bit in time to think about uh, the, when parents were growing up, they, um, they often lived closer to school and there wasn't as much a dependency on, on automobiles. So they, um, when I've researched and, and surveyed parents, what I find is that uh, they'll, they'll cite several things when they decide to drive their children to school. One is they'll first cite distance. And we also have to ask ourselves, well, what, how, how far is too far, right? The second thing they cite is traffic, and so that they actually end up driving their kids to school because there's too much traffic. So in effect, there's this traffic multiplier effect, if you will. And uh, one of the big differences that we see intergenerationally, where a parent might have walked themselves to school but then has to drive their children, is that um, that distance from home to school has actually gotten pretty far, and it's also gotten fairly perilous, right? So. Mm-hmm. We, there's, we've seen a rise in the suburbanization of schools and uh, a rise in auto dependency. So even though the distance might be fairly close, even a mile or so, there, there, there's what we call um, uh, traffic barrier effects that, that come into play. So people actually might, um, it might not be, it might be a walkable distance, but it might have some really difficult uh, intersections to cross. And then with everyone starting to, to, to drive, they also feel that there's traffic threat from other parents who are actually driving. So that's kind of the vicious cycle that we've got into when we, when we look at kind of auto dependency and the trip to school is that that auto dependency is sort of tipped in favor of people who might have walked to school when they were parents to actually then feeling they compelled to drive their children to school. And it just, and once you sort of pass a certain threshold and everyone's driving, there's this kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's a vicious cycle that feeds on itself. How much of the, the responsibility, for lack of better term, falls at the feet of, say, communities for planning so that parents aren't, in their minds, miles away from their kids' schools, even though they might only be two or three miles away? Well, one of the things we've seen is that is, is there's sort of been a supersizing of schools, um, kind of a, economies of scale, if you will. So um, we've seen schools just get larger, and, the, and so this has to be placed. Um, you, you have to find bigger pieces of land for those schools that are actually often further away from the communities they're meant to educate. Mm-hmm. So that that that's been a real effect. But I think if we, you know, if we we're actually to look at different ways to um, encourage children to walk and bike in groups, uh, create create safer. Uh, Bicycle ways, you know, kind of like the bicycle. If we've done a really good job in terms of building freeways for cars, we should think about uh, building freeways and and highways for bicycles. So it's sort of a bicycle highway system, if you will, and and really actually putting more of an emphasis on the ability for children to freely get to school um, under their own power. 
Yeah, it's interesting in a sense here in Alberta in particular is I, I don't think a lot of people realize that you had schools all over the place at one point. Like they might have been one room schools, but they were still not those multi uh, disciplinary megaplexes of schools that you have now. So an interesting point there. I'm wondering as well, you mentioned in some of the research that kids are having a harder time negotiating their communities as they're getting older because they don't actually get to experience those communities because they're in the back seats. They might be looking down at their phones or at the, at the TVs that are in these uh, vehicles now. So they're not likely looking out the window. Can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. So the study I did was actually, I, I worked with children from uh, different neighborhoods, similar in many respects, except for the levels of traffic that they were experiencing on the way to school. And I had the children draw uh, maps of their, uh, of their neighborhood between home and school to capture the, the quality of their experience. And so I, I compared students that were able to walk through a neighborhood um, but exposed to different levels of traffic. And what we found was that, was that, um, Traffic really had a, a, a pretty uh, limiting effect on the children's sense of their of their of their environment, as well as the limiting effect on their on the positive feeling they got from their community. And so, it really had a it really sort of um, this, this, what I also found was that children that were able to walk or bike were much better in tune and connected with their community, and, and developed a really strong sense of a spatial knowledge um, and, and really developed uh, and showed a really strong cognitive development along this uh, continuum of being able to navigate through the environment um, and, and, again, to develop a stronger sense of spatial knowledge. The children that were driven everywhere had a very limited sense of, um, of that level of cognitive development. So they, they often uh, would see the, the world as a series of unlinked paths, for example, like leading to their friend's house and then the mall, and maybe Petco, and another path going to a separate direction, what we call an archaeopelagic uh, spatial structure, like, you know, islands, to a school, um, but not really understanding how they're connected. Uh, other, another student that was driven everywhere actually couldn't, didn't have any sort of cognitive connection between home and school, and basically took the blank piece of paper I gave him and drew a line in the middle, drew their home on top, and the school on the bottom, you know, basically indicating that they had no real knowledge of, of what was in between home and school. And so if children aren't able to freely explore their environment, they're not really learning these kind of basic tools of navigation, of, of being able to explore on their own, and they, they develop this dependency on automobiles that I think can be really, uh, and, and being driven around that I think really limits their ability to basically be kids and like understand what the world's all um, all about and i think it's a really important thing to work on this on this to, to let to give kids that ability to develop in that way so going forward i think it leads to a lot of really um good benefits for them in the future yeah, you mentioned the sort of the, the sixth cycle that you were on when it comes to being uh, the, the idea of miles. There's another sixth cycle, I think, that develops from this as well. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost as if when you're in the backseat, you lose that comfortability in your community and your, your knowledge of that environment. And so you lack the trust of your community in a sense. And as a result, you don't build that relationship and, and that feeling of security within your own community. And so you're more inclined to drive at the end of the day. 
Absolutely. You're not developing a sort of a healthy relationship with the, uh, the community outside your front door. You're not, you're, 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 there's a, there's, there, there are many studies, and mine included, that show there's sort of a, a kind of isolation effect and, and definitely a social isolation effect where you're not really connected with the community around you. You don't recognize uh, other people's homes. You're not, you're not, you're disassociated. And, you're, and that also has a lot of effects on, on sort of community uh, resilience and uh, social health. So if you're not really connected with your community, you might not be as able and, and willing to really kind of intervene if you see like maybe there's a uh, neighbor needs help or there could be an issue of crime in your neighborhood, the sort of the eyes on the streets concept. If you're disassociated, you're not going to intervene in, in terms of uh, making sure you're taking care of your neighbors. So that social isolation and community isolating effect of being driven everywhere, I think is something that we really need to help children learn early on um, because they, it's, it's not going to come more readily uh, later on in life. Dr. Appleyard, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. My pleasure. Thank you for calling. It's been great being uh, with you all. Some interesting insight there. So I beg the question, are kids too soft? Are the parents too soft? Or is this just the reality, this whole idea of having too many vehicles parked outside schools? This is just the reality of having big communities and bigger schools.